Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hansen James. And this is Milo. And... Milo just cut me off in a Dante Exum rant to to start the podcast, and we're gonna talk, before we get into this. Uh, I want to look this at our is, le- most recent reviews. This has been a straight up civil war in in even amongst the SLC dunk riders. Like this is <laughs> like this has been broiling in our in our SLC like in our Slack chats and our our our, our DMs and our emails. Like mm-hmm. y- you would agree, right? Like this is this is where. Well, there's the people that, uh, you know, they don't like Dante Exum, and then, then there's the people that are correct. So we've been having discussions like that in <laughs> SLC Dunk's cha- SLC Dunk chat. I was going to see SLC Punk's chat, that's but a SLC Dunk chat. completely fair way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we get into this, and we got a lot of things to talk about. We're not just going to talk about Dante. We got the Jazz to talk about, who currently sit in uh one spot above the phoenix suns in the western conference and are 11 and 13 so we'll talk about that and why they're there and and a lot of other things but let's start with our favorite section of the podcast we talk we read your reviews guys oh, so we goes. have we have some new reviews one of them a one star i'm excited to read that one uh let's see Oh, can, uh, we, can we do uh, before we get to those reviews? Can we read my favorite tweet about our about our podcast? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so what happened is so somebody said so why exactly do Jazz fans not like Locke because he posts stats instead of actual analysis? And somebody says I think Jazz fans don't like him because he followed Hot Rod Hunley and doesn't sound like him. I love the guy. His podcast is full of great insight and analysis. And by the way. He doesn't just post stats and without analysis. Let's stop that. Anyway, so and he goes and ads, but that's another issue. And they're like, and so someone, my man Kellen, <laughs> who I I think like he always likes things that make fun of SLC Dunk. But anyway, because I know shout out to Kellen, shout out to Kellen. Um, I only get it because I'll get like some random like a notification in the middle of the day. And it's always, it's always like something that's not, I haven't tweeted or haven't responded to and just mentions <laughs> us anyway. Um, I promise so you somebody's like, what right? podcast doesn't have ads and, uh, jazz Homer, <laughs> Texas tyrant says, may I introduce you to Hansen James and Milo from SLC dunk jazz Homer, the, the SLC punks evangelist. And he says, they produce the incomparable SLC Punks podcast, which is like ad-free Nirvana, mind you. Not because of principle or anything. They just haven't figured out how to do it yet. 
or just that, is not an endorsement. I don't know what is. That's right. There are no ads on this podcast. Just correct. And we opinions. haven't figured anything out yet. Nope. So it's it's technically true. Technically, it is true. And technically, or maybe not technically, we don't have the listenership yet. But that's why we have review section. <laughs> that's why we have Jazz Home the Review. Lord. Just listen to one, each one of our podcasts at least 30 more times. I mean, it might help that I actually check our numbers more than maybe once a month. <laughs> or just when I upload the next podcast and go, oh, how about Pro's that? Good. <laughs> All right, so November Great. November 9th. This one's from Sea Lays. This is uh called Terrible and it is a 1 out of 5 star review. I tried I so hard this. to listen to this podcast. I'm a lifelong jazz fan and these guys made me embarrassed like my children. Uh wanted to rip my ears off. <laughs> Going to stick with the professional that sells belts and Hyundais. <laughs> Do it. Go to the the the, the belt podcast. I do not care. But uh, for those who want to have correct opinions on the Utah Jazz, who, like who, who, like in in this world, like off an ad, like if we're just talking, I'm not even dissing on on Lock. I'm I, I'm dissing actually on everybody who sells belts. Oh, I'll diss Lock all day. I don't care. why why um why in the world are you like is the cross section of your audience like people who buy belts? Like you're sitting here listening to p- basketball, and all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> you know what I need? A I just belt. Love we're talking. About. Thank, I love that this is what we talk about. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. This guy is selling me belts right now. Oh, man. I, all I needed was that promo code. Let me pause this podcast and get this really <laughs> like this amazing belt that I can't try on to make sure it's even the right size because, you know, belts always fit. And and, and you're like, this is going to be the one. This is the this is the belt. This is the belt for me. All I, I can and, say is, oh, the humanity that we couldn't, you couldn't, that we said something I mean, ill of a belt. And <laughs> I really hope our first ad is for belts because it's oh. going to be like, it's going to be a minute of me railing on belts and being like, oh, here's your promo code. Go buy yourself a, a, a belt, you, you idiot. <laughs> buy this stupid belt. Thank you, C-Lays. I appreciate buy it. Buy this Thank stupid belt. Listen. Promo code SLC Punks. <laughs> mindless moron all right okay so i'm guess what anyone buying a belt with christmas coming up and uh probably not the smartest cookie in the shelf all right a question mark from connor l11 not enough references to shot distribution jesus or murdoch chevy ads is this even a jazz pod probably not even a jazz pod we don't have a hyundai ad but i will tell you this i bet if you on it we're working on it can we get a suzuki I promote Toyotas. I uh, only but, promote Suzuki's. If you because I a, want to promote the car that I've actually never seen a, a dealership <laughs> to. I've never seen a Suzuki dealership. I know there's Suzuki cars out there. I have never seen a Suzuki dealership ever. The Suzuki, like that one boxy looking thing. I have no idea. Like I, I there uh, the only time I don't see I've never seen a brand new Suzuki. I've only seen like five year old Suzukis. Suzuki, if I, you're I, listening, I, mail the checks to my house for this the, advertisement. The, the, Suzuki's are the big are, are like the what's it called the um, cryptids of of cars. <laughs> it's like, like 
<laughs> like you, hey, you see them, them is like only oh, yeah, shout out Suzuki, the Bigfoot of cars. <laughs> the squash. It's it's not really a it's not really a sedan and it's not really a mountain car. It's a Sudu, Suzuki. Sudoku. Yeah. All right. Uh next ad, and that was a five star. So thank you, Connor L one one. Uh please go tell Connor L one two and L one three to listen. All right. Longfellow from Iron Range Longy. One out of five stars. I think tonight's oh, game. Shame. Why Ricky Rubio is a fantastic NBA point guard and why Dante Exum needs a lot of work slash experience slash practice to play a significant role as a trusted second unit contributor. Anyone even thinking of benching Rubio should be worried that their podcast listeners will remember how stupid they are. You have no help. Well, I, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure people know how stupid we are just by listening to us. I don't think they have to like go back and be like, I think they're dumb. Oh, like, like, no, we are. That's our brand. You don't know how stupid like, <laughs> they get, Longfellow. That's, that's like being. That's like being like. I. I hope people realize that The Simpsons is a cartoon. Yeah, kind of is. It's kind of our brand. It's what we do. About to get real stupid up in here, Longfellow. Because guess what? We're gonna talk a little bit about that at some point. Uh, but thank you, Iron Range Longy. I appreciate the one out of five stars. It definitely hurt my feelings. All right, great oh. podcast name from. A Snyder one. Oh, I oh wonder if, is this his burner? Is this a burner Snyder? Let's I, see. I what, think we can say that 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 Quinn Snyder has one hundred percent endorsed his podcast. Absolutely listens to it every week. <laughs> absolutely, well, the podcast that Quinn Snyder listens to. <laughs> is this podcast? Well, let's see. Wait, this is November tenth. Yes. Is this podcast informational? Probably not. Is this podcast professional? Definitely not. Is this one of my favorite podcasts? Yep. Love Michael and either Hanson or James, whichever is his first name. They're almost, they're the most homeristic homers I know of, and they're completely aware of it, and it's amazing. Also, the shade they've been throwing. Oh, I think we read this one. I think yes, we read this one. This, I was like, this guy, this guy's fishing for clicks. Yes. I will, I will not. But I, I, will, I will not. Fool me once. Shame I will, on me. I will always be okay. <laughs> yeah. I will always be uh, <laughs> compliment. But guys, more more reviews. I think that's all of them. So if you want to review the podcast, search for it on iTunes and and then write a review or just give us five stars or one star. That is all very good and fine. Um, yes. What should we talk it. about today? The Jazz are eleven okay. so, as of right now. <laughs> Yes, the Jazz are average once again. Still, well, okay. So technically here, below. Let's, let's start start us off with this. Okay, so our our every single time, it, it, this is like a daily thing. It 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 starts. Somebody somebody brings it up in the Slack channel, in the tw Twitter group, whatever. Says something about about Donovan Mitchell or Ricky Rubio. It doesn't matter whether it's negative or positive, and all of a sudden. Four hours later is a knockdown drag out fight amongst our writers about, oh, you know, what's going on with Exum and Rubio. And and it, it is like civil war where you have like you have James standing for Exum and I, I and, and and then I, I, I don't think, any, I, think I, everyone, I think everyone feels I, I think everyone feels like Rubio at this point should start but i think what it's come down to is like why is exum not getting 
any minutes whatsoever. Why is mm-hmm. why he's he's rocked? Might as well have rocked two DNPs in a row. Uh, two games ago, he rocked a DNP, and then and then uh, the last game on Sunday, um, he basically only played a few minutes, only to get yanked. One minute fifty-five, and yes, a minute fifty-five with a with a very rep- memorable Quinn Jiff putting his hands over his head when uh, Dante takes uh, a shot as with with uh, time expiring. It's very similar to when I submitted. It's very similar to when I submit an article and Milo's reading it. That's kind of what happened. I'm just like, oh, geez, geez, I should have passed this on to anybody else. <laughs> so, um, it, <laughs> but um, so so the so the issue the issue right now, and I think this is this is like a a, a big topic, and and we're gonna get get on to the topic of because this is like uh, I will say talking about Exum over O'Neill over Net, Neto right now talking about the this is kind of like it's kind of kind of like complaining that your oven is still on when your house is on fire. There are other things, there are bigger issues with uh with the Utah jazz right now, other than who's getting the seventh or eighth most amount of minutes. But in, in the, but the, the reason the Exum thing is going to be su- such an issue, rather if it's Tabo or somebody else is Utah jazz gave Dante Exum a three year, $33 million contract. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, and in the context, since we have last spoke on this podcast, the jazz made a trade. They got yes. Kyle Corver, which, which we will get into definitely at need some to talk point. about. And so, so, but, but what we're, what we're looking at here is the jazz have made a big investment and it doesn't look like they're playing their investments. And Oh, by the way, tick tock, tick tock, uh, the clock is ticking. And if Ricky Rubio leaves and this, that leaves Dante Exum, but right now, um, as, as, was with Al, Alec Burks, who was jettisoned off for Kyle Korver. It seems like every year we're talking ourselves into this is going to be the year Dante Exum puts it all together. This is going to be the year he 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 figures it out. This is going to be the year that we know what we're getting with Dante Exum. And here we are. We are into our third month of the season. It's December now. Mm-hmm. And... Dante Exum's minutes are decreasing. We have Royce O'Neal. We have Hal Neto, who has um, usurped them um, into it, 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 it. And now he's in the lineup. The minute he got healthy, he he those minutes were taken. Definitely earned and, those minutes. <laughs> Sorry, had to get that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and so now 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 we're looking at um, and this is in the context of Derek Favors too. Uh, the Utah Jazz have put a lot of money to two positions in which there are guys ahead of them on the depth chart, so to speak, favors with Gobert, Exum with Rubio. And now Exum, who um, makes as much as Rubio and significantly more than Neto, um, is not getting minutes. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, is that valid for this Utah Jazz team? And is it, it should is there someone to blame? Is that the situation of the team? How do you feel, James? I know how you're gonna what you're gonna say, but say it anyway. Oh, it's 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 a travesty. It's it hurts my feelings every time. I actually uh, the other day, well, I actually 
I actually cursed. It hurts. It hurts. This is a personal attack. They, they, they've come after my family. I was on the phone with you, but actually this is, I, I guess I'll talk about XM first, but I've actually been more, almost more uh, surprised at the lack of change of the jazz starting lineup, but that's our next topic, I guess. But I, I like agree that like Dante XM has not been there um, offensively. Like, and he has had the yips. He, like I think he's missed like his last six layups, which everyone is talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's actually better uh, than you think because honestly, I think if you go look at stats, uh, Dante's actually finishing at the rim better than our starting point guard. But for whatever reason, we hyper analyze everything that Exum does, even though he's right now just our backup point guard. I don't know if I've ever seen a backup point guard be scrutinized more than this Jazz backup point guard. Uh. But where I get kind of frustrated with what people say, like Neto this and Neto that, uh, the last two games, the Jazz have given up two massive runs in uh, against Charlotte in the second quarter and against then Miami in the second quarter. And in the game against Charlotte, the Jazz won that game. But I was a little nervous about that game, and I even tweeted about it. You guys go back, check timestamp on it. But we had an incredible game from Jay Crowder and from Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver came in, does not know the system at all, hit four for six from three, and was lights out. And Jay Crowder was five for nine from three in that game, not something he does every game this season. Uh, and so it made me nervous because right. we won that game by like six points. And you go back in that uh, end of first quarter's second quarter uh, period, we gave up a 14 to two run or something like that. And that was why the game was close. And that's why. Uh, and guess who's playing? Our, our Howell Nettles playing in that period and gets lit up. And we won that game because of Corver and, and Jay Crowder. So then last night we're playing against Miami, who is missing their starting point guard. And I believe they were missing their other uh, guard. I, I think it was Dion Waiters was also missing. We should have won that game. It wasn't like it was the third game in four nights or back end of a back to back. Uh, I'm sure the Jazz the night before were having a lot of fun in Miami on the beach and things like that or in the club or whatever, but we should have won that game. Quinn Snyder plays Howell Neto and he botches multiple assignments, gets pulled after three minutes and is relegated to the bench for the rest of the game. But what's bizarre to me is that Dante Epsom comes in around in the third quarter. Mind you, this was in the second quarter when the Jazz had a 35-19 lead or something like that, and it was just gone after our second unit was in. Uh, Dante Exum comes in the third quarter. We have like the, the gif you're talking about where Quinn like hates Dante so much. He literally cringes at the thought of him even touching the ball and he misses the shot. Yeah. And, and you know, that's fine if he misses the shot and there, you know, there was like a, but it was a minute 55 and I don't, I don't know what, uh, Dante Exum is supposed to accomplish in a minute 55 to like earn minute minutes back or prove you know what he can do to help the team uh but for me it's just frustrating and and i and you know i read all your tweets every single time i tweet anything about dante x and i get about seven guys telling me uh not nice things about something what i should do with certain inanimate objects around me but like he's playing he's a better defensive player at the very least with dante right now you get a very high level on ball defender uh is he a great um off ball defender right now no uh 
Probably not. I, although I think if he got a chance, he would show that he actually does some really nice things. He tends to always have a positive plus minus when he's on the floor. And that's because his of his mm-hmm. defense. Uh, but then he'll miss a layup badly. And 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 I don't know if a certain belt uh, swindler is talking about this so much because I honestly I hear the same phrases coming from people. This best better or like guys leave a review and tell me what the belt swindler is saying. Like, is he the one saying this be- better o- all around player better all around player would mean he's better than Dante on defense. And he's not, he's just not. And this, this is, so this is my theory. So we we've gone back and forth and, and, and I think what's hard about Exum is you feel like when you, when you look at Exum, you're like, okay, I know he needs a ton of development. I know he's behind the curve. Um, his second, he, the, the years in which he could have really taken advantage of, um, their, the lack of a point guard and getting development time was his second year in which he got injured before the season even started. I mean, they played Hal Neto, um, tons of minutes at the one. They played Shelvin Mack lots of minutes at the one. Like they were starved for minutes mm-hmm. and they were like, if, if you could breathe, you were going to get time there. Um, then, then the, it, the last time was last year. Last year they were, um, they, there was no expectations. They were going full on. We are going to roll with all the punches that our poor, um, struggling guy, our young guys are going to put us through. Hence, Mitchell getting so many minutes, Rodney Hood getting so many minutes, mm-hmm. and Dante Exum would have been there, but Dante was hurt once again, and so. I think what I'm trying to do is I know Quinn Snyder is a, is a good coach. Me too. Um, but just like just like any good coach, um, they're going to be heavily biased in their ways. They're confident, like it, it just as much as com- like that sheer conf- and overconfidence in yourself is really good in a player. It's really good in a coach because you have to make decisions, make them fast, and uh, and 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 live with them. And hope that the majority of them you're hitting on rather than uh, everything else. And so, um, so with that, with that being said, um, Exum's minutes took a steep dive down once Corver came here, which is interesting because you lose Burks, you're integrating a new piece, and somehow Exum lost his minutes to Net- Neto at the same time. Mm-hmm. Which uh, at the at the same time, um, I I do think that um, the Jazz are figuring out what their bare bones personnel could be if they're going to make another trade. Because and this brings us into into Corver. Um, so the Jazz trade for Corver for uh, for Alec Burks and two second rounders. I, it, for people who are flipping out about two second rounders, which I saw on our Facebook Guys. when we posted our the story on Facebook, it's like you got to calm down. Our our last like we 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 the, the Jazz have more success in undrafted free agents G, and the G League <clears throat> than they do on actual second rounders. Well, that's that's pretty common like, for maybe everyone. the second rounders who are getting. Yeah, and that's that's going for everybody now. Because why would you why would you draft somebody in the second round, spend two years on them, um, and developing them in the G League when you can watch somebody else do that, lose their patience, cut them, and then get them for super cheap, mm-hmm. 
and 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 you didn't have to be the ones to do the development for them. Mm-hmm. And that's what Utah is doing. That's that's your that's your second rounder. That's also why there's certain certain players where they're like, hey, I'm not really going to spend that because they're going to go to Europe. Somebody else is going to somebody's going to develop them. Um, and that also shows that the G League is actually turning into a viable league. But that's a comfort that's a conversation for something else. So in that trade for Corver. I think that shows – I remember two weeks ago there was a guy – I said, Utah has a couple decisions going going into December. If they can decide now to uh, do something um, that it ha- is going to have high impact or they are going to risk alienating a lot of their season ticket holders because their season ticket holders are going to see a lot of losses pile up in December because the Jazz are going to be back at home, but they're playing – uh, really difficult teams. Mm-hmm. And the Jazz, by the way, haven't really been winning at home, nor have they shown any consistency. And this guy's like, well, what would do what would what would be something significant? A trade? And he's like, no way that it's gonna happen. And then four <laughs> days later, uh it's a jazz trade for Corver. <laughs> and, and and because because they bought into the line, they're like, they're they they said continuity. It's like, dude, don't buy a freaking marketing pledge. Wait, can we and, talk about and, that real quick? And uh, can we guys yeah, One go ahead. little lesson, and this will help you a lot. Just because Jazz PR or any team PR says a thing about a team doesn't mean you need to or should or have to believe that. That's them putting a spin on a situation that they're dealing with. And we might not all have the <clears throat> the facts and all the things into why a team is doing what yeah. they're doing, but P- the, the Jazz PR are never going to come out and say, you know, what the heck? We just spent $33 million on a guard that never plays. Like, they're never going to say that. They're going to say the things that make people feel happy about what they're watching on the court. Anyways, go on. Yeah. And and, and to your point, what, the the most honest I've seen Dennis Lindsay in, in criticizing themselves was after the season uh, before they got George Hill and Boris Dale when he's like, we played it too safe. We we had deals uh, lined up, but we decided to stick with this core. We believed in it, and and it's just like, dude, the, he said that, and he was at his most brutal, honest, and that wasn't even as honest as he should have mm-hmm. been, and and so you're you're and you're telling me the guy who said we're gonna we believe in this continuity thing, but we're um, but you know if it doesn't work out, we're gonna make moves. You know we're, we 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 will go to plan A, plan B, whatever, and he didn't think he was going to. Act is like he was going to err on the side of aggression rather than um, being mm-hmm. passive. He was going to be aggressive with trades, and you can't tell me that going after Corver before <laughs> before December even hits and trading Alec Burks, who by the way is your only other playmaker, a very well loved player, other than Donovan and, and 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 Rubio. Like that's 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 your mm-hmm. guy. So that's so what we're looking at here with um with this Corver trade is and I wrote about it on the SLC dunk this this trade for this trade for Corver it's not going to fix Utah's problems but it's a proof of concept type of thing you, uh, you're you're a marketing person as well it's an AB mm-hmm. test basically you're getting shooting and what we've been what we what have we heard from the very beginning of this as you can hear my dog deciding hey it's i'm gonna chow down on my food all of a sudden for no reason other than i'm talking (laughs) but um but uh what are we going to prove from this test is you look at corver and you're like hey 
he makes a lot of threes. And what does Quinn Snyder and Dennis Lindsay and all these guys, their mouthpieces, David Locke, who also, hey, he gets his, his check cut by the Utah Jazz too. He's not going to uh, go on there highly criticizing players while the team, while the season's going. Are you serious? Um, uh, anyways, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dude, it's not like I'm going to go on there and, 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 and totally rip on SB Nation. I know where my bread is buttered. <laughs> so, so the, like, come on, we all have biases in here. So the, the, the thing is, so you have, uh, so, so we have, the, these open looks and this is a proof of concept thing they said okay um you you think we should go out there and get a much better player a bigger player and give up a ton of assets for that player and because you said your system which yields us more threes they should have success and so basically what they're doing with Corver is like okay well how about this let's do a test then let's get said guy gives up who who can make threes at a high clip who's low risk he has a non he has half of his contract is non-guaranteed for the next year and we can stretch it out where we can still get a max player in free agency if we have to. So let's let's test it. And then if it works out, hey, we'll go get you, we'll go get your man's. We'll go get a Kevin Love, we'll get an Otto Porter, we'll get a Bradley Beal. But if it if it doesn't work out, I'm not sure if I want to commit that uh, that amount of money because maybe we have larger flaws in our roster that getting one guy is not going mm-hmm. to fix. And that's and, and that's what Corver is. Corver is helping the Utah Jazz. Most certainly he gives them spacing. He allow defenses can't sag off, especially if you have Joe Ingles and Kyle Corver out there with Donovan Mitchell at point guard. You can't sag off those guys. And if you have Crowder in there with Rudy Gobert, that's a really well balanced lineup. But at the same time, he is 37. He is doesn't have the legs that he used to. He's not going to be able to play more than 20, like 20 minutes a game at most. And so for Utah, they, this is a test. This is, this is literally a test. This is a test to see, does the strategy work mm-hmm. or do we, or do we have some larger structural issues, whether it's a system, whether it is, uh, uh, actually, I'm just going to call it out. It's just a system. Does the system mm-hmm. work and does, is the roster one player away or do we not have the right balance with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles? Do one of those three need to be broken up as well? Do we not? What pieces do mm-hmm. we have? No, I agree. And it, it would, what I agree. Think? I think it would make a lot of sense with this roster, especially maybe these last few games, maybe Neto's playing solely because he is a better shooter than Dante. And um, he does seem to play within the offense a little better for whatever reason, Dante uh, seems to freelance more when he's in the offense, it kind of, it's like he goes to that pick and roll every time, which I personally don't think is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Cause I think a pick and roll is a good play, but uh, I think you're right. And what that does is it's, it's like, you know, if you're just like a scientist doing an experiment, you have, you want to have a perfect test group. And then uh, maybe now they can like look at the numbers after three or four games with Neto. And then they can bring in Dante and see if it still works with like a, driver i don't know it makes sense that they're going to be looking at this because honestly right now the jazz uh what's going on right now is it's not working and like you said they were not going to hold sit on their hands and wait for things to just get better uh they are making moves to see and i think you're absolutely right because 
January 15th is coming up and there's a few contracts that are very, that are tradable at that point. Uh, Dante is tradable, I believe. Exum and favors are tradable at that point. Uh, Mm -hmm. Favors is probably a little more tradable just because he's expiring and he's at a bigger number that would allow certain teams to uh, get rid of certain bad contracts. Uh, But yeah, the thing is, is like the jazz have never really been um, better than like what 15th in the league in offense. Uh, right now i think they're sitting at like 27th mm-hmm. in the league in offense and so uh, you know maybe they uh just want to see what kind of jump the offense gets i think the offense i have some opinion i really think Derek favors game has kind of fallen off a cliff this season and and he's one of the reasons the jazz have struggled i like maybe me being hard on netto is probably me just being a troll and and wanting Dante to play. But I think some of that is that Derek can't protect the rim. He's just struggling. And uh, it's like, if you watch the game, like last game, uh, Rudy Gobert was a plus 19. Derek Favors was a minus 19. And and when you have Mm -hmm. uh, a team like the Jazz, who typically have been a uh, defensive-minded team, a defense-first team, and if you have a player with that type of uh swing negative it's hard to win you know because the jazz the jazz have some nice offensive weapons uh right now donovan is still figuring out the efficiency thing but i think that's also part of this experiment i think actually just my mind is like as i think about what you're saying last game the jazz ran some sets where it was just donovan mitchell as the point guard with shooters around him uh corver was on the floor for that and that very well could be the Jazz just testing it. Like, is Donovan ready to do this? Uh, the Jazz gave up a lot of points in that, <laughs> that span. And, get- and and that was the thing. Like, they did it two nights ago in the second second half of uh, when they played, um, played Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And it worked really well. Last night it, against honestly, Miami, it, it got that torched. lineup got... It was it was and, and and that's a lineup that I think will work, but at the same time, it is will it work this year? And and I I think with Utah they're 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 testing that out. Uh like with, with Howell Neto, they're like, Okay, well if we have to trade if we have to trade Dante because above anything else, Dennis Lindsay doesn't want to give up give up a first rounder. He's shown that he will. But above anything else, he doesn't want to mm-hmm. have to. Um, and I think, especially where they're sitting right now, he wants to know pretty darn sure that he, if he gives up that first rounder, it's not going to turn into a lottery pick because he's looking at in a, a high lottery pick because he's looking at because uh, they say they say they have a deal in place and. It would be like Derek Favors, Tabo, and a first for Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Um, and you trade for Kevin Love, and oh by the way, you miss the playoffs, and you're still in 14th in the West because it's for some reason Kooky Dukes as it is right now, and and you're and and all of a sudden that that draft pick is like it. The top four picks this year are being picked out of the lotto, so all of a sudden you might jump up to fourth. From tenth mm-hmm. to fourth, and now all of a sudden, that's a really that's that's a really tough yeah. You break. absolutely can't give up first round picks and are so so valuable these days. 
with the size of contracts and 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 I'm not sh- yeah and I'm not sure if that deal gets done. Say Utah's like, hey, this is gonna be a top ten protected pick, and Cleveland's like, well, we're getting this in the hopes that it's you know eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Well, if it's not, Cleveland's gonna be like, well, why would we want to do this? You might jump up in the lottery because you guys might not be bad, but you not be good. But because the lottery's weird, you might jump up. Then all of a sudden, that pick goes from being twelfth this year to being 29th or or 26th mm-hmm. the following year when it finally conveys you know, and so that's that's not really that's not really great so i i think what 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 dennis Lindsay is trying to do and a lot of other teams are probably doing right now is you know there's evaluations with these lineups and utah's saying okay if we have to go without dante exum and favors what mm-hmm. does that look like what do these lineups look like? Can we Actually, survive right. off of that? You're making are, me sad a little bit right. because that makes sense. I'm sorry, uh, man. <laughs> uh, that's probably exactly what they're doing. But, but that's, uh, that's, I, I, I think it's it. A-B testing. Ironically, we just made and, it. And, and honestly, yesterday, like. <laughs> yes. It's it. But but at the same time, they might look at that and be like, okay, well, you know, we're going to move on from Neto because he's run this and he's run. It's not working out. We're not going to be able to run with him as our that second one, second guard, and this is really rough. Or they're like, hey, maybe Donovan is our starting guard. We have Ricky Rubio coming off the bench, who he'll play the same amount of minutes, but we're just going to run these rotations differently. You don't. We don't know. Um, I I I do think. Um, talking about where the Utah Jazz are right now, because you kind of hit on it. You have the offensive rating is one of the worst mm-hmm. in the league. Mm-hmm. That's bad. And the defense is, is, fall, and, is not that far um, behind. And, and here's the thing. The offense was at this point last December. The problem is the Jazz had gone through a ton of injuries through November, mm-hmm. December, and to Rudy Gobert this year. Everybody's cool. Yeah, we are, no <laughs> Everybody's fine. And and now you're sitting there. Yeah. And so so if you're going to like for all those out there who are like, the Jazz are gonna be fine. They came back from ninety. That 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 happened last year. It was a once in a lifetime thing. It's not happening again. You'd be an idiot. You if if my den if my general manager would just be like, look at last year, I'd be like, out. Out, out, out. That is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. Because the thing is, the schedule is getting easier, but the Utah Jazz have not shown a propensity to, to play, to beat easy no, teams. No, like last night. Like they haven't. You know, they should have won last night. They should have no, won that game. They couldn't do it. Against, against Indiana, against a road-weary Indiana, mm-hmm. who was without uh, Victor Oladipo, couldn't get it done. In fact, lost by 30. Um, it. The Jazz, and they have a gauntlet coming up. Like, if you look at Utah's schedule, okay, Utah's 11 and 13 right now. At this time last year, they went on a five-game winning streak. When they were when they were 8 and 11, they went on a five-game mm-hmm. winning streak. Um, well, they're 2 and 2 in the, at that same point. So, five, five games in a row last year, 2 and 2 this year. So, we're already two, game, we're already, um, two games behind mm-hmm. pace of where they were at. And people were like, well, they came back from nine games down. And like, well, or do you want to try 12? Like, do you really want to see how deep this hole can go? So 
Their next game is against San Antonio, and San Antonio is kind of at the same point as Utah. Mm-hmm. You don't know who they are. Houston, same, same thing as Utah. What, you know what's interesting? There are four four teams that were in the playoffs last year that are out like out of the out of the uh, playoff um, teams at the top eight in the West, which is also insane. You have you have Utah, you have Minnesota. You have New Orleans and you have San Antonio and Houston. So you have one, two, one, two, three, four, five teams, five teams are out of the conversation. And what's crazy is Utah, if they, if they get to 500, they're, um, they're basically back in, in, in a situation. So it's not bad, but the the other thing is there's so many other teams that are in the same spot um, that while last year, the difference between like, the third seed and the and the tenth seed was like two games. This year, the difference between the sixth, like the seventh seed and the fourteenth seed, mm-hmm. might be two games. Well, the rest of them, because now teams are starting to get separation. You have the Grizzlies, who are four games over over five hundred. The Lakers are five games over five hundred. The Warriors and above are seven games to eight games over five hundred. Teams are getting that separation now. And the cream is rising to the top, and now we're getting to the point where it's just like eh, it's not a good time to get mm-hmm. behind. And Utah's schedule coming up: got Spurs, Rockets, and then at the Spurs, at the Thunder, Miami comes to play Utah. That's that's Utah's next quote unquote easy game. Then they go on the road to play a surprising Orlando. They go on the road to play a uh, play Houston. They play Golden State at home. Um, well, actually, I I should say they're not in Orlando. That uh, game is, is in Mexico. Really? Yeah, so they go from Miami. So they play Miami at home on the twelfth. Then they travel to Mexico for the fifteenth. That's in Mexico City. Then they on uh, uh, then they finish their that quick road trip in Houston. So they just go from Mexico City to Houston. And then they come home on the nineteenth uh, to play the Golden State Warriors travel to play the trailblazers then they have finally a four game home uh, home stretch where they play the thunder the blazers the sixers and the knicks and the surprising knicks can't believe that shut up the knicks and that's how and 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 that's mm-hmm. how december ends december's awful before they're able to get into these easy teams <clears throat> which start in january they they have to play another gauntlet and against the Spurs. Say you win against the Spurs, okay. So now you're twelve and thirteen. You lose against the Rockets. You're twelve and fourteen. You lose at the Spurs, twelve and fifteen. You lose at the Thunder, twelve and sixteen. Say you beat the Heat, thirteen and sixteen. You lose to the Magic because whatever happens when you go on the road. Now you're thirteen and seventeen. You lose at the Rockets, thirteen and eighteen. You lose to the Warriors, thirteen and nineteen. You lose to the Trailblazers. You're in, you're, you're thirteen and twenty. You lose to the Thunder at home. You're 13 to 21. You lose to the Blazers at home. 13 to 22. Lose to the Sixers. 13 to 23. And then you finally beat the Knicks and you're 14 and 22. You're eight games under 500. And you still have to go on a road trip that includes the Raptors, the Cavaliers, the Pistons, and the Bucks. All the top four playoff teams in the East. It do- the schedule doesn't get magically easier until the ninth. And by that point... We're having the same conversation as last year where it's just like, it's too late. Mm -hmm. 
and and it and and we need a miracle. And last year they got a miracle, but lightning doesn't strike twice. And by that point, you're at January 9th, and guess what? You're five days away from that magical date in which favors and exim can be traded. And at that point, you're saying, what type of trade do mm-hmm. we even make at this point? What are well, we? Well, it makes it makes it more likely to be able to get someone so, like Otto Porter if that's someone you're interested in, because uh, I personally don't think that it's going to take a first round pick to get uh, Kevin Love. It's it's a er, yeah to get Porter. Kevin Love. I don't uh, think Kevin it takes Love, a first no. round pick because that is a massive contract for an older player on a team that is very obviously trying to go young. Uh, if you want Otto Porter, you're probably going to have to give up your first round pick. But then, like you said, if we're at that point in the season, if we're that bad off, you know, is, is it really a good idea to go after a player like that? Maybe he's in the age range of, of Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, but, you know, it would be very painful to give that up and then see the dice fall to the, the Wizards and they get Zion Williamson. So there, the there Jazz might are, be something. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the Jazz are just in a tough spot because, you know, I. I think just kind of looking at this upcoming schedule, I think Dennis Lindsay knew that this was going to be a hellish schedule. And so it's kind of, you know, you can kind of see the layers of what Dennis Lindsay does and why he is a very good GM. Cause like you said, he's able to test the system for one, uh, see if more spacing allows players like Donovan Mitchell and Ricky Rubio to, to play better. And I think we're already seeing dividends with actually Ricky Rubio, who's playing pretty darn well offensively right now. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's also, it gives uh, Quinn enough time to get uh, Kyle Korver acclimated to the offense so that when December rolls around, if Kyle Korver helps us win, uh, it'll help us win at the time we need it the most. Maybe the Jazz can just kind of eke out 500 basketball this next month, and then they're in good shape. Uh, yeah, if they but, do, they're – they're, and that's, that's the thing is because you look at it and you're like, this team could easily be – eight to nine games under 500 by the time December ends. But if they, if they get their ish together and getting their ish together doesn't mean, Oh, they got to really light the world on fire and go on a 10 game winning streak or anything like that. It's just playing 500 basketball. If they survive that, then all of a sudden you're looking at them getting into their schedule. And when, when trade, when trade season gets here and you're like, Hey, we got something here. There's the, I, I do think there's the other side too. And this is not like me being like, get on the tank train. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a story at the beginning of the year, or was it the off season where somebody was comparing Utah to the trailblazers, how the trailblazers had this core and, um, and they, they rose up really quickly and no one really expected them. And mm-hmm. Utah kind of mirrored them, but there, there was like one exception. Um, in the Trailblazers' rise to the top, uh, they had an injury-plagued year. And in that in- injury-plagued year, they traded away um, they, tra- they traded away a, a high lottery pick, a, a, a pass lottery pick that had, they thought was going to show a lot of promise, but didn't quite work out. That lottery pick now plays for the Utah Jazz. That's Epe Udo. Mm-hmm. And they traded him for Andrew Bogut who was injured at the time. And they also, they also got with, uh, also brought um, Steven Jackson back to Golden State. Um, 
that that trade um also broke up Monte Ellis. So they 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 had to like change some of their identity of what what they thought that was going to work and to move towards the future. And they were oh, already you mean dealing Golden State? Did you Golden State? Yeah, uh, dealing with Golden State. They, and this trade was with the Bucks at the time. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Bogut came over to Golden State. And so they 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 had to give up some pieces and some development and and the reason they even did this was they were having an underperforming year. They knew they were better and they were also going through some injury problems. So mm-hmm. flash forward to now with with Utah. When if Utah's able to play 500 basketball um until uh, until the end of December, Dennis Lindsay's going to look at this and be like, that Kyle Korver trade kept us afloat. And mm-hmm. uh and and I feel confident enough if we bring in one more big piece and go for it, we're going to be sitting pretty. The other scenario is they look at this and they're in eight to nine games under 500 and they're like, okay, it's, it's, it's a look in the mirror time. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we aren't who we thought we were. And so mm-hmm. how do we go forward? And for the Warriors, they decided to work on their next offseason at the trade deadline. So they got the pieces they needed and they got them on the cheap because pe- people were like, oh, it's a fire sale. And people overvalued Monte Ellis, undervalued Steph Curry. They overvalued uh, um, they overvalued um, Epe Udo, who, the, who was a lottery pick, but didn't value their own pick because they're injured. And I kind of look at Utah going into this, and they might be like, okay, well, we can move on. We can get love for like a song because he's injured and no one really believing in him. And he's five years. Mm-hmm. People are, are, don't want that. And so they might be able to take advantage, especially if Love is still injured through the rest of the season, that might match up with what they're looking for. They might be like, hey, we're okay with that because well, we're going to get a good player and, we're st- and, and maybe we'll be able to go into the, to the draft for something. And this is, this is uh, I think December is, uh, we, we've talked a lot about, hey, don't give up on this team. It's just November. It's the schedule. December is where the paths are going to separate. Where it's mm-hmm. going to be like, okay, either at the end of December, we're sitting here saying, we got ourselves, we're, we're a playoff team because we're at 500 and we're, we've made it. Or we're going to be like, okay, uh, we're, we're, we're seven to eight games under 500. And there's that big pack that's seven to eight games ahead of us. And that's still, and that's just to get to 13. Mm-hmm. So, it's uh it's it's uh it's going to be an interesting December. I'll just say that. It's going to honestly shape the future of the Jazz. And so uh we'll all be there either crying and angry and yelling on Twitter or just living the euphoria that is uh Donovan Mitchell figuring it out, man. That is 500 basketball. <laughs> that is 500 basketball. Nothing gets more exciting than that. I will say too, uh you mentioned Kevin Love coming back from injury. It is uh crazy or maybe it's not a coincidence that it te- it's kind of right around January 15th is I I was actually looking it up the other day just for curiosity he's scheduled to come back the second week of January <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that's on purpose or what but I, uh, it, okay let's let's just stop this right now he has an ankle injury and and somehow like it magically placed that dude that team 
I, I still love how this is my favorite story about the Kyle Korver trade with with Cleveland is that well, first off, there's two things. Dennis Lindsay's like, this is the type of deal that you you like to make because both teams win in it and it and it leads to future business. And you're like, Dennis, did you just like like I didn't even have to to hear you say anything or see your face. I know you winked there. Like I was like, yeah, we're go we're going back for seconds. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, because Lindsay like, doesn't like to give up first round picks. He the only time he ever I that I can think of is that he ever has is for George Hill to keep Gordon Hayward happy. I think that's the mm-hmm. only time he's ever done that, and I bet and he that, hated that more than anything. Oh like, yeah, uh, it worked out. It completely worked out. And so um, I bet if you, I bet if you ask Dennis Lindsay, I bet he prefers a trade for love because he does not have to give up uh, a first round pick because the best players that Dennis Lindsay has ever acquired for this team have not been through trades. They've been through the draft, Donovan draft. Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, uh, Joe Ingles, uh, wasn't even through uh, a draft, but he got, uh, you know, but Dennis Lindsay doesn't, hasn't really proven, or maybe he just, hasn't had an opportunity to, but to bring in like a superstar through free agency or trade. And he does his work when it's with the draft and with, you know, my my, my favorite thing is is because I know a lot of people are like, Kevin love, it's a five-year deal. And you're like, dude, if the jazz signed Kevin love last year to a five-year deal in the off season, everybody would be like, we got a free agent. It's amazing. And he's going to be here for five years. But instead, like we're now when you say he's trained, you're like, oh, he's old. He's doing this. At the same time, this is the same organization that somehow figured out how to get players who are towards the end of their prime much better. Well, like, for some reason, and, 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 it, and it matches. And, and we're not talking about LeBron here. We're talking about Kevin Love, whose game has never been synonymous with athleticism. Yeah. No and one's you could been argue, like, well, you could argue that. You could argue that his injuries have actually preserved him a little bit. He has a lot, you know, he has some less wear and tear on. And and you're right. Kevin Love's not going to come to the Jazz and have to play center like he did on the Cavaliers. A much more taxing and physical position. He's going to play the power forward. He's going to shoot threes. He's going to play out of the post and pass the ball. He's just going to be coming and then all of a sudden you have to deal with him coming last second on that. Instead, like Jazz fans, here's what you got to get excited for. Imagine all those threes that are taken by Jay Crowder. Now imagine Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Imagine Jay Crowder being your backup that, big. That awesome? no? Yeah, and that's your backup big. All of a sudden, you have this. You have this lineup now where you're like, we can play five out with Donovan Mitchell. Huh? That sounds pretty cool, huh? And you don't have to give up as much for him. Like Otto Porter, I I, I do think is a better long term prospect, but at the same time. He's going to he's going to cost a lot more. They're like they, the the Wizards can say because I've seen things being like, oh, you're going to get them for expiring. The Wizards aren't looking for expirings. Mm-hmm. And 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 at this point, like Utah, they can give up they can give up a, a prospect and it and think about that that Golden State deal with Bogut. They can give up a prospect like Epe Udo, and they can say, hey. Here is, here is, Dante Exum. Mm-hmm. Young young guy could play next to Sexton. Could be a really good. Could really help you out here. And you can. And you're getting him for three years. It's basically like having a number one pick. 
Or at least exactly they win the PR battle. And it's not a very big contract. It's a much better contract for the Cavaliers, who probably won't be good for three or four years anyway. He can develop alongside Sexton. I actually that would break my heart because I think Dante is very good and will be very good. But you know what? If it nets you a player like Kevin Love or someone who helps you go a lot farther, then then you do it. Like I don't care if you're me yeah. and you're the biggest Exum stand there is. Like you do that because that's the right move. You know? I'm talking myself into them. They're going to make the deal regardless of where they're standing. In, well, it in makes January. sense in both ways because, because it, if they're uh, like, I just think it matters. It's just going to change if Kevin Love plays or not. Like if they're terrible and they make the Love deal, then they, then it's going to be like, oh man, we found it. Oh, did he has he has uh, he has a preliminary cancer in his ankle. We're going to have to hold him out. <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. It's, well, it's, it's 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 the bubonic plague right there with the bone spurs. We're gonna have to definitely operate. <laughs> versus versus like if they're in the playoff hunt, he's gonna be like, "Wow, it just feels great. It's it's completely better." And here's the other thing about that Warriors team. That Warriors team could have made the playoffs in that year, but remember they they the they had the Jazz's pick. Well, the Jazz had their pick, and then they tanked right at the end of the season. And they got Harrison Barnes. <laughs> and jazz fans were pissed about it jazz the jazz could do that could be that team to cleveland where they're like they get their, they give their pick to cleveland Cleveland's like this is gonna be a good one and then it just all kind of falls apart for utah and they're like making up entries at the end of the year they're like yeah donovan mitchell he's uh got leprosy he's gonna be out two to three weeks <laughs> well the thing is is the pick the pick works works both ways because you're the jazz and you have all this cap space that you're going to go into next season with. If you go into free agency and you strike out, you know, and you're left with, you know, like what we got the year Gordon Hayward left. If you're left with players like Jonas Jerebko instead of Chris Milton, or you get Tabo Cephalosha instead of Tobias Harris, is that really something Mm -hmm. you want to risk doing? Or would you rather go and ensure yourself uh, a, a player? It's it's like League of Legends, yeah. kill secure. Like, is it better to get the kill, or is it better to let the 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 DPS get the higher stats so he gets more more damage? You always kill secure. If you don't follow that game, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, I'll take your word for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's like the old saying. It's like one in the hand is better than two in the bush. The Jazz are yeah. The Jazz, like guys, I'm. You know, I believe in fairy tales, but uh, not this one. The Jazz are not going to get Tobias Harris. They're not going to get Chris Middleton. We're not going to get Kevin Durant. Those just aren't really that possible. Although Chris Middleton had some weird things going on with his coach the last few games. He got benched for overtime. Uh, there's some weird things with that. I can't tell if Bud is just flexing to be like, look at me, look at me. I'm the captain now type of thing. Or if there's actually like a trust a trusting going on. Yeah, that is something to watch for. But I don't think, like, looking at Tobias Harris, I'm like, oh, man. Well, he just won Western Conference Player sure. of the Month today, I think. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, what if the Clippers are really good? What if they're one of the top three seeds? Like, all of a sudden, it's just like, well, F. Yeah, they're not giving like, him up. They're going to give him money. Happen? Like, that's 
they've given up Blake Griffin and Chris Paul and all those things, and they're good, and they're not going to give up on. Well, they're going to give up, and they have enough. They can go after Max. They can go after a Max guy. You know, yeah. Like, if you're, what if they're what? What if they grab? What if they grab Katie? What if they grab Jimmy Butler? It's L.A. Like, I'm sorry. Like the second best team in L.A. still has a better free agency pitch mm-hmm. than the only team in Salt Lake City. It's that's just it's, a fact. Like, it is what it is. You know, we all hate it, but it's reality, and you have to accept that reality. And so you would rather end up with a former multi-year all-star who is just perfect fit next to Rudy Gobert, um, or, you know, you're ending up with a Tabo Cephalosha or something, who is a nice player, but he's not what you were expecting with Max Caprum. And I would much yeah, rather well, then, trade then for a player able to just lose too. like that. Yeah. And then Utah's able to go in free agency and be like, okay, well, you know, we 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 need a point guard and we can re-sign Ricky Rubio and we can go above. And and what you might do as well, and we didn't talk a lot about this, but Dante Exum and Derek Favors, I've talked to you about this, and this is my biggest thing, is I look at Dante Exum and Derek Favors as levers. Utah's salary cap, it, it, their 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 salary ceiling would have dropped if they wanted to re-sign Dante Exum and Derek Favors. Because right now they're over. They're over the salary cap. Mm-hmm. And they're able to do that because they re-signed both of them for deals that were much above much above the, 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 the salary cap. Because they were their own guys. That the CBA allowed them to do that. So when you look at um, now when you go into trade season, now that Utah can be like, okay, let's go get Kevin Love and let's use these deals uh, to go get these players, and we have deals to match. Like Derek Favors and Dante Exum, I know the the PR deal was, oh, you know, we got these guys because of continuity, but the real-time deal might have been, we're getting these guys because uh, we, we're using them as gift cards. We went to the store, we didn't like what we had, and we were gonna we were gonna get get cash for them, but uh, they we couldn't get cash because we forgot our credit card. So we, we got store credit. Their store credit on the free agent market. Mm-hmm. They're really good store credit because they provide value for your team. But nonetheless, you can go out there and say, "Hey, I have these two gift cards. They're worth this much money in salary. What can I get for them?" And maybe combined with with another expiring, all of a sudden you're like, "Hey, I can get a Kevin Love for these. That's not bad." When at the store, they didn't have our size. They didn't have what we wanted. And so you look at that too, going into this, if the Jazz are able to get a Kevin Love type or another big time agent, now all of a sudden you're able to look at that and say, okay, now we will, let's re-sign Ricky Rubio to a big time deal. Or at least a reason. Yeah, I bet um, the Jazz can get to- Rubio for pretty reasonable. Yeah. Honestly, for Dante Exum level deal. number, you know? Yeah. A, reason, a reasonable deal, and then you look at next year, and you're like, okay, you know, maybe Rubio's not working out the way we wanted, or maybe he does with a lot of space. You don't know, and then you're able to say, okay, well, there is this other point guard that might be able to work out the way we want, and and we have to get, but we have to give up a first rounder for him, but we have the salary to match with Ricky Rubio and insert X player here. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, the calculus has completely changed on on this on this whole thing Mm -hmm. well and if you know that donovan works with space provided by kyle corver and things like that then you're much more comfortable making a deal like that than if you were just kind of blind faith or you know whatever it is the jazz 
should be better than they are right now. They absolutely should be. And so that's what's been frustrating. But it looks like there are some options for them. Uh, Dennis Lindsay, honestly, is is just fantastic. Is he perfect? No. He's, you know, he makes mistakes and there's some things, but it tends to be that he has multiple routes that he can go based on every move he does. He doesn't make a move not having multiple plans uh, with whatever he does. He's he's heavy into game theory. He is so heavy into game theory. Uh, If this happens, if A happens, C happens. If this happens, we go to here. Like the guy, I mean, he works well. Sometimes everything goes to hell in the handbasket like it did with Gordon Hayward. But I mean, he's, he's, he's one of the top GMs for a reason. Mm-hmm. Is he perfect? No, but, um, but I also think one of the things, and it didn't work out the death of continuity. I think that was half, half, I think that was half marketing half. Hey, these guys earned it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, they couldn't get the, there wasn't a way to really get the free agent that they wanted without um having to make some serious uh um salary dumps mm-hmm. <laughs> to to make it happen and even then like what were you going to get jabari that's and we, we can see the fruits of that mm-hmm. so so and then this and, and so in actuality he's he's done the, the when we look at like this season the continuity i think he really did want to say hey you guys earned it you guys earned a chance to see if you guys are more than the sum of your parts if you guys are more than what i believe i believe or any of my scouts believe you are because you showed us that you were more than that last year mm-hmm. um and it didn't work out and i one thing i really like is he was quick about it he didn't wait i i when when I saw that trade with Corver go through, I was like, "Oh my, holy, oh, holy crap! We're not wasting time this year." And and that tells me where what Utah's expectations were. Utah's expectations weren't that they were going to be below five hundred. No, we know the schedule is bad, but you don't make that deal if you if you're where you're supposed you you were projected to well, be. Well, yeah, and that's the thing that. And right now, that's the thing that with the schedule argument that bugs me a little bit is like, so do we only win games when it's an easy schedule? Do we only beat easy teams? Because teams that only beat easy teams are 500 teams. They and that's what we are, I guess, because we don't we don't win the tough games. We win, you know, only the ones that are easy. And but so many of our wins are so confusing. I I still not quite sure what to think of this team, how are we good? Are we not? Like, are we going to, I, I don't know. It's tough. And I think Dennis Lindsay's probably as frustrated as we are. Uh, yeah. I, I, I wonder because it seems this year and maybe just on the surface, um, this, but it seems this year there is a lot more parody this season. Like here's how many teams that are, uh, four games under 500 and less. Mm-hmm. You have, um, you have fourteen teams in the Western Conference, and you have uh, nine teams in the Eastern Conference. You have a total of twenty-three teams that are just hovering around five hundred. Actually, excuse me, um, you have twenty-four teams. I've I left out the Heat. Mm. That's 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 a, that's quite a few. That's quite a few, and and so. 
is it is this is this because of the lottery rules? Did we did 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 the new lottery rules kind of fix this? Where teams because you flatten the odds, you're like, okay, I can jump into I can jump into the top four and still be able to build a good team. Mm-hmm. And if I miss, I miss. Do you? I I I mean I don't. I think it's definitely an explanation for because we have one awful team in the West, and that's the Suns. Everyone else is in the hunt right now. Like even though the Jazz are two games below five hundred, they win. If you switch around a couple of their wins, their losses to wins, they're in the playoffs. It's really. I mean, that's why I. I mean, it's kind of a double edged thing. It's we're good enough to make a run and come back. Uh, it's also you can fall out of the playoffs in a second, and so it's it's tough. And the only trash teams really in in the Eastern Conference are you have Brooklyn, which does play you tough every every single game. Uh, you have the Knicks, who also have been playing teams tough. Cavaliers are terrible. Bulls are terrible. Hawks are terrible. Mm-hmm. So in, in actuality, there's only like four really bad teams that aren't going to uh, aren't really going to challenge you. Um, on a night-to-night basis in in the entire NBA, that's insane. And want to know what's even funnier? Because there's only four teams, there's a chance none of those four teams <laughs> get a lottery pick because of the way the lotto system well, is. Well, that's what's actually—it's actually, kind of, it's actually <laughs> like it would be hilarious. Well, it looks like it worked out because you know if the Jazz, you know, make a trade for Kevin Love and and then Rudy gets hurt or something and we miss the playoffs, then. The lottery has been flattened out. We have a decent little chance at an at a Zion Williamson pick, and so I, you don't have to be bad. You don't have to tank. You can just like you can go for it. And if and if the and if the 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 dice don't fall uh, don't don't fall the way you you want them to, or if you don't get the right hand, then all of a sudden you're sitting there in February. And you're like, you know what? Hey, let's still try to develop and see what we got, and then at the end of the season, hey, we have a decent chance no matter where we fall in the in the lotto if we're you know anywhere in between six and eleven, mm-hmm. which is a way di- which is way different than than how it was just just last year, and and you have an additional chance to get in that top four. Mm-hmm. So i I think the Jazz will. I think the Jazz will turn it around. I think the defense needs to show up more than it has. And I think the, I think the offense will get better. I think Corver's a nice addition, but uh, the jazz are far from a complete product right now. And we're seeing kind of the fruits of that losing to Miami was a bad loss. That was just a bad loss. And we can complain about the refs all we want, but the jazz had a 19 point lead after the first quarter and it was gone after, you know, so, you know, yeah, you can be mad about the refs, but you also should be mad at your team for up a not being lead. able to get up for a team that has no guards. Mm-hmm. The the Heat had no business winning that game. But on that happy note, I I think is there anything else we need to cover, Milo? We wrapped it up. Like, th- see, guys, nothing really happened in the last two weeks that we haven't been here. <laughs> Literally nothing. Just a trade. The Jazz like in a, in a sorrowful spot and going into the hardest part of the season. Exum is not getting any minutes. And hey, we talked about a Kevin Love trade. Literally nothing's happened. <laughs> it's, you know what? The Jazz are interesting. They will always be interesting. And we will be here to talk about it, guys. Hey, well, I hope all of you go to the uh, the podcast app, whichever one you use. I think we're even on Spotify now. 
and and subscribe spotify, spotify. Uh, if you go on spotify and you can review it on there or whatever do it and you know what we might even exactly tweet at me your review and we'll read it on the thing uh even if it's mean even if you're offended that we uh slandered hyundais and belts uh you can you can throw that slander at suzuki just don't you ever speak ill of dante to me or i will get angry about it and then you don't want you don't want that yeah, to happen yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough day if Dante ever gets traded for you. I, for you, it's gonna be a rough day for me because because I, here's the thing, I, it's kind of like the 500 days of summer where the expectations <laughs> aren't meeting reality right now with Dante, and you're kind of rectifying as it's happening in real time. You're like, this is not how I imagined, but maybe, 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 <sighs> and 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 I just I don't think Dante Exum is a bad player. I think he's going to be I actually am now in the place where I'm rooting for him to go to another team because I just don't think Utah their expectations um because they're a playoff mm-hmm. team they're not going to be throwing a lot of developmental minutes mm-hmm. at a at a at a player. I just don't unless unless things go really south this year and they're like okay screw it Rubio's not going to be here it's not working out give Exum all the minutes and we're just going to play it out and see what happens for the rest of the mm-hmm. year. Um, but that's, but the thing is to get to that point, a lot of things have to go really, really wrong. Well, and at that point there, in the end, what's best for the jazz is what matters, (laughs) honestly. And if it's not Dante, that's fine. I'll be sad because we went through so much to be, to have Dante be kind of like to go through the worst season of all time to end up with a guy that you just traded. That would be, but then again, the, the Cavaliers went through their worst season of all time. To get Andrew Wiggins and traded and him, ironically, Kevin Love, Kevin and so that. <laughs> and here's the other thing: we got we got Exum in the same draft as Wiggins, so that would be two players that were traded for Kevin Love from that draft. I don't know. Oh, now I want it to happen because I, I already got something that I can tweet out right after it happens to be like, "This is the second member of the 2000 and was it 13? Whatever 14? it was." 2013, second member of the 2013 draft class to be traded for Kevin Love. <laughs> oh, it would be funny if it didn't hurt my heart. But that's okay. Yeah, and the second big man, the second big man from Minnesota that uh, that played in Minnesota. We did Big Al, but then this would be via Cleveland, that's of course. Right. But, you know. Uh, well, let's just hope the Jazz win games. That's what I want because if the Jazz are winning, it it's more fun. And if they're not winning, it's less fun, guys. It's just less fun. Not as fun. Guys, like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Anything else, Milo? Peace, y'all. Talk to you later.